are beginning transmission 59. Fables, legends in exile. Final under, gaps in our knowledge. Well, to be fair, everyone has some glaring gap in knowledge. Something really obvious you somehow never learned. この番組は、ポッドキャストの今週のエピソードへようこそ。さんたん。さん。Each <laughs> I officially have made one of our drops my ringtone for when I get a text. <laughs> but unfortunately, it's not Q, which is what I really wanted. Yes, he did. I mean, my voice is still recovering. I mean, I do a lot of yelling in the show. So, <laughs> so, I need you to say, in a world where <laughs> life is this way, your voice is in like perfect. In a world. See? We're life. It is this this way. That's right. You know, you know who does a great version of that is uh, Jay Whitaker from the Geek yeah, Show does. podcast. He does. He's like perfect for it, and he's handsome as shit. He's a horrible bastard. Sounds like a story there. No, he does kiss me goodbye every time I see him. So on the mouth. He no, does kiss you goodbye or doesn't kiss you goodbye? No, he does on the cheek. Every oh, time on I the cheek. Him, that's like, that's why like you're saying because on the cheek. It's not like if if you gave you some tongue, you'd probably be okay with it. Cheek. Sure yeah. too. I told him to kiss me where it smells funny. So I've listened to that Bloodhound Gang album, and I'm so glad you understood that because I know a lot of kids out there will have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. That's the one concert I have no recollection of. I've seen video of Todd that drunk though. That was uh, that's probably the reason why I've I've avoided Long Island iced teas for quite a while. Is after watching video evidence of Todd on Long Island iced teas. I am, and this was when like the original Moto Razor was a thing. Oh, that's so right. This is how long ago it was. Oh my but, yeah, god, uh, yes. I remember that. Yeah, I mean that was the phone everybody had the razor. And yeah, uh, that was bad. That was yeah, really bad. Video quality was, was pretty awful, but uh it was uh it was very entertaining. Anyway, yeah. welcome to the Funny Books of Firewater Podcast. <laughs> Good to see you. Glad you came. We have uh, four idiots with us uh, total today, of course, why wouldn't we normally do, to do uh, some podcasting for you kids, right into your little ear holes. Enjoy it. This week, we are doing Fables, Legends in Exile. I fixed that in editing. You don't know that. I just did it. It was amazing. It was seamless. It was incredible. <laughs> he did it in one take, everybody. One take. I did One take wonder. I am Brian. I am one take wonder. It's, it's amazing. I never say something stupid. I never fuck up. I never have to cut out all my ums in the show. It never happens. That's why it only takes me five seconds to edit this thing. That's right. We're all a bunch of one-thump chumps. That's true. Anyway. <laughs> hey, speak for yourself. 
<laughs> Speaking for himself, we have joining us the lovely, the talented, the still in Utah, alone in Utah. We'll explain why in a minute. See, fix that one in post as well. Didn't notice it. Uh, we have Adam. Hey, everyone. What's up? It's me, Adam, uh, film critic and reviews editor for Big Shiny Robot. Also uh, co-host of the Board as Hell podcast with Andy Wilson. Hi, Andy. And Andy, actually, we, we recorded our 100th episode last week. Uh well, th- three weeks from now when we hear this, for Guardians of the Galaxy, um, we had our good friend Caitlin on, who's amazing. Hopefully she's listening because she's gorgeous and lovely and talented. Hi, Caitlin. Hi, Caitlin. And Andy finally came up with his sign-off. He's never had a sign-off for 100 episodes. And oh, really? He has it. So uh, it comes from Guardians of the Galaxy, so you'll have to go listen to hear it. Uh, but yeah, doing that and then uh, just working and really, really looking forward to burning through my last two weeks of uh, paid time off in the next two months. I'm uh, going to go visit some friends in Vegas, head down to Cali. I'm sure we'll see uh, Brian down there, um, some friends, family, all that fun stuff. But yeah, just that's all been great. I'm sitting here in Utah. I've banished everyone from the living room, and I've been drinking since four, so I might be a bit chattier than normal in these episodes. Ooh, that's cool. Well, speaking of vacation, joining me in the California studios, we have Todd. Hi, I'm Todd. I normally am in Utah. I'm here hanging with Brian. My wife was going out of town to California. I had envy and jealousy in my heart. So I bought tickets and told Brian, hey, I'm crashing. I know you're working at night, but I don't give a fuck. Thanks, dude. So Brian's response is this morning is to start shoving alcohol and liquor at me. What was it, like 9 a.m., 10 a.m. in the morning? You said it was 5 o'clock somewhere. I did, but I ended up having like three shots of like, try this whiskey. No, try this tequila. It's so good. And so I'm feeling pretty good still too. And then I had a $20 beer at the Angels game. Thanks, Angels. And all the way on the East Coast, we have our costume designer, our stylist, and our spiritual guru. We have Q. Spiritual guru. Someone's got to be. Uh, hi, I'm Q. Uh in the middle of a couple of things. By the time this airs, I will have finished Tempest. It will be closed. Yay. It has been a <laughs> wild ride, but I am fucking exhausted. Uh, in real time, we had an, another matinee today, and I'm wiped out. So today, I, I fall on stage a lot because, you know, physical comedy. Mm-hmm. Whackity schmackity do. My shoulders have been bothering me for like the past like two or three weeks. And so tonight when the wolves chase me and I land on that arm, I'm like, fuck, that's why my arm is fucking <laughs> killing me. I fucking land on it every fucking day. So yeah, so that's been fun. Uh, Sister Act is still in full swing. The kids from college are coming home, which means we're getting um, our cast almost completely which is awesome. Uh, I dressed the hookers the other night, which is always my favorite thing to do. Isn't that kind of reverse? Uh, well, no, well, there's hookers in the show. I'm just saying, putting clothes on a hooker is kind of backwards. <laughs> well, I, I mean, there's not much of oh, them, okay. but, you know, this is still a community theater, and we need <laughs> to have nipples and a vaginas covered. Um, just, just barely. Oh, oh, seriously, someone just breathed really hard into the microphone, and I was Actually, like... it, it would have been me, but I had my microphone on mute, mute because, like, Maya's over here, like, grabbing his dick in front of me. It's really awesome. Go, Maya! And then he, like, hey, bent Maya. over and spread his cheeks. So, how are you, Maya? The page. that. Um, uh, and then, um, again, when this airs, next Sunday will be, uh... 
bringing Broadway to the Beltway, Demanda Martini uh, hosting Eleanor's New Deal Cabaret over at the New Deal Cafe in Greenbelt, Maryland. I can't believe that it's actually so close. And uh, again, when this airs, it's a week away. It's only it's three weeks away from now, and still, it just feels like the entire month of May has just disappeared. But um, Hugh, I have, I have two things to say to you. It's one, I wish to God I could be there because I would love to come to your show. Uh-huh. And two, I am so goddamn proud of you for doing this. Like that's <laughs> fucking amazing. Oh, thanks. That makes me feel all special. <laughs> I know my, my accolades, the, the drunk asshole in Utah, I'm sure, makes you feel special. But no, honestly, like, that is uh, that is so cool. And like, I I um, wish I, I had a way to express my creativity that way. So it's it's so crazy. Like, so many people are like, yeah, yeah, we're coming to the show. And I'm like, oh my god, if any more people come to the show, I like, I literally think this place is going to be like packed shoulder to shoulder. And it, awesome. is, it is not that that big because there's like the regular people who just like come in, you know, on the regs, and then there's like all my fucking friends. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be ridiculous. I'll give you five dollars if you sing "Smelly Cat." <laughs> Smelly Cat. <laughs> well, if I have to fill time, that that will be my yeah, Send a video, and I will send you five dollars. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll tell somebody to pull out their cell phone and record me singing "Smelly Cat." <laughs> I mean, again, don't threaten me with a good time. Oh, I, I approve. Anyway, hi, I'm Brian. Um, I am in Southern California, and I do sound for stuff, and I'm doing sound for uh, all the shows in Lyric this summer in Logan, Utah. So come on up, say Yay. hi. And uh, we're doing a big 50th celebration on the. It's in July, and it's also when Q will be out visiting us. Yay! Um, and July 21st. I think so. It's the Friday and Saturday, so it's like the 21st and 22nd. Yep. The big outdoor thing is gonna be free for people to come hang out should be pretty fun you can also buy tickets for the inside thing which should be pretty cool as well um but uh oh and uh while uh, we're all in utah uh kind of discussed the fact that we might possibly be doing a public recording somewhere we're kind of working somewhere, on that stuff. Yeah. maybe maybe yeah we need to we need to work on that but uh yeah we'll get some of that figured out i, I oh without God, getting into so too much, much stuff happening, oh my I feel God, like what's going insane. on Hold on one second. I'm going to go take care of this cat and dog fight that's literally happening right in front of me. I will a back in a second. cat and dog fight. It literally is a cat and dog fight. Living, living together. together. Okay, the cat's leaving. If cats will, will chase the cat out, and so the cat can go torture Todd. Come on, cat. Everybody loves us not talking about comic books and booze. Because <laughs> that's what they come here for. Because <laughs> that's what we do in this podcast. That's right. Uh, but this week we are finishing off our month of Gaps in Our Knowledge, and this week is a book that Todd and I have read, and Adam and Q had not, so we put this on the table as something to be read. Uh, this week we are reading Fables, Legends, and Exile. I think I've summed up the story before, but basically it's all the human-esque fable characters that you know and love are living in a mystical block in New York City where they're all kind of hidden from the world and it's about their lives and their dramas and their fucking, because there's a lot of that in there, and uh, all that sort of stuff. But to go into this, we're going to need to do a drinking game, and I'm proposing we get to do something slightly different today. I'm throwing a curveball at a few of you. We're going to save the report card till the end and give actual full grades. So what we're going to do is I'm going to call for a vote, and the way this is going to work, and I might edit this all out, but maybe I'll leave it in here since we're trying this for the first time, is I just want a, should people read this, your vote, yay or nay, and then one piece of evidence. Vote for Pedro. So I've been asked by the judge to be the form. Vote for Pedro. And I want y'all to know that we's going to run a fair jury and a clean jury. It's time for a vote. Because we love you. 
and we don't want to waste your money. We will now vote on whether this week's book is fit for human consumption by you, our dear listener. Along with each vote, our panel will also provide one piece of evidence to support their vote. Vote for Pedro. Do you expect me to talk? Vote for Pedro. Now who is the bond I expect you to die? There is nothing you can talk to me about that I don't already know. I will go first as my example. I'm going to vote yay. I think people should read this. And if for nothing else, to see all of the fable fucking. Anybody else want to go with their vote? We'll go with Q. First of all, I'm going to call bullshit because there's really not that much fucking in this book. There is, no. <laughs> uh, okay. I, 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 think, I think maybe you're getting confused with maybe some later tales because there's literally... <laughs> Like, maybe one. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. If it has to be one or the other, I would say, sure, go okay. read it. <laughs> I'm, I'm more in the middle. Okay, Adam. I am as far up high yes, yay as possible because this book is absolutely fantastic. Uh, especially if you are a huge fan of, like, Humphrey Bogart and film noir. You will love every single moment of this because that's what it is. And Todd. The answer is yay, because every time someone mentions the seven dwarves around Snow White, the room <laughs> she wants just to cut drops a bitch. 10 degrees. <laughs> she really does. And that look is priceless. So yay. Absolutely yay. Okay, cool. I am hoping that this still lets people know whether or not we think they should buy the book, but doesn't totally blow the load on you know our reviews on it until the very end, because I've kind of realized like that our reviews kind of fall apart. So... Yeah, so I'm trying not to blow the load too early. You can all appreciate that. Anyway, so, who, uh, everybody ready with a uh, drinking game rule? Yes! And now for sports. Listen up, sports fans. Prepare yourself and your liver for this week's drinking game. Remember, it's only a game, and it's not one at that. So don't take it too seriously. And above all else, please drink responsibly. I'm going first. Before okay. uh, so I, I think Q's drink might be the same name, but I'm doing my drinking game is happily never after. It's where every single time you find a classic fairy tale character and you find out the fucked up things that happen to him after they're happily ever after, you have to drink. So like when you find out like Pinocchio is a real boy, but forever a boy, which mm-hmm. is fucked up. You have to drink. He's like, I just want to have sex. Damn it! I'm waiting for my balls to drop. Later on in this, Pinocchio does become my favorite story, my favorite character for quite a while. I think Pinocchio is fucking awesome in this book, um, in later issues for sure. Q, what is your drinking game? Mine is called "Who Is the Adversary." Uh, there is there is this ominous person that they keep referring to as the adversary, and so anytime the adversary comes up. Take a drink. And it will surprise you who that is, because I know who that is. No, I, I already know. Girl, you know I did all the Wikipedia research. I know you did. I know you did. <laughs> uh, Todd, do you have a drinking game rule? I do have a drinking game rule. The name of this drinking game rule is, I'm not sure which story that comes from. So every time a character or an item comes from, like the Vorpal Blade for me, or even old King Cole, and you're like... I'm not sure where that originated from. Take a drink. See, and that was my drinking game rule, but I was going to call it the who dat rule, which was every time you didn't recognize a fable or not, I'm like, wait, who, who is I just, I just uh, Googled the adversary. Like, I had no clue that was who it would be. That's yeah. interesting. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now you've ruined it for yourself if you're going to read further books, Adam. You, you, you should spoil alert yourself. Anyway, okay, cool. I didn't say who it was. I mean, I didn't tell you it was Targaryen from Game of Thrones. See, now you've ruined it. Now everyone knows. Brian, <laughs> um, did you give a drinking game? I don't remember. I, I sort of did. It was the same as Todd's, and he sort of stole mine. So I'm trying to look to see. Let me see if I can find one else real fast. <laughs> well, to be fair, you, you have been force feeding him alcohol for a while. So, so while, while Brian's doing that, mm-hmm. the, 
She explains what the Vorpal Blade is when she references it as the Vorpal Blade. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> come on. Come on. <laughs> tells you what it is when she calls it by name. Come right, on, but dude. What, when did it show up? Like, what fairy tale did it come from originally? The Jabberwocky. Do you not know where the Jabberwocky comes from? It does. Yes. Thank you. I, that's, she literally says... It's the Vorpal Blade of Jabberwocky fame. That's yes. literally what she says in the book. <laughs> I love you, Q. Come on, Todd. <laughs> hey, come on. You know, it's really funny now that I'm looking, I'm looking around. Like, I'm sure like, Eddie can over there hear me, and I'm sure Maya and his girlfriend probably hear me in their room. And it must be really interesting just to hear one person's reaction to what the fuck's going on here. <laughs> I was like, yes, ha ha, laughing. I'm like, oh god, I sound like a crazy person. Um, you know what? I, I was flipping through again. There are at least two instances, so at least you got two drinks out of this. I will call this fable fucking. Every time you Yay. see either fables in coital or post-coital, and I think a note on the dresser still counts as well. You know, and, you know, if you want to do the Barney Stinson rule, you can do pre-coital, which he's always pre-coital, baby. Anyway, let's take a drink for, uh, for fable fucking. Uh, Adam appreciated that joke, I know. Oh, uh, yes. For you. Yes, it'll be uh, legend, wait for it, dairy. That was, uh, that was from the, uh, the episode where they all try to quit smoking, kids, if you ever want to chase that back out. Which also, by the way, I texted Adam about this the other day. I realized the other day that Lin-Manuel Miranda from Hamilton fame is in an episode in the last season, but I always skipped the last season because it sucks. And so I'd never <laughs> noticed it before. God, that, was, that was the one season for, for Big Shiny. I reviewed every single episode. And that has the... Oh. I think it was that season... Uh, has the episode where they rhyme everything, and that was the episode that almost made me rage quit the show because I was so fucking pissed about how shitty that, that is. Was. That's the episode that Lin Manuel Miranda is in, is the rhyming episode. I know, and that's what pissed me off because, and see, I knew who he was. This is before Hamilton. This is when it was off yeah. Broadway, and no one knew the fuck it was. But we did from uh, In the Heights, which is mm -hmm. another musical he won Best Musical for, and it's absolutely fantastic. Please go look it up. Uh, Cuban immigrants in New York. It's it's wonderful and amazing, and it's where you can see a lot of influence that went into Hamilton. Uh, anyways, on, on the Broadway podcast we're on. Um, that's right. But no, that was the, that was the season. Like, and that's the only time I ever did it was I reviewed every single episode for the whole season. And yes, there are three good episodes in that whole thing. But I will say, actually, it does have one of my favorite episodes of all time, which is how your mother almost met me, and it's the whole episode of showing how. Every time Teb was somewhere and the mother was like in the next room or next door or walked by, and they redid the credits to be like, you know, showing her with her family and her friends. Mm -hmm. And that episode is brilliant. But aside from that, that whole season is garbage. And like the yeah. ending pissed me off until I saw the alternate ending, which they were going to go with, which pissed me off more. So I'm at peace now. I actually I did buy the complete series because it was a deal of the day at work. I'm not at peace uh, yet. I'm still not. I, I'm, a, I'm at peace now, but I, I but I don't know. So uh, okay. tangents. <laughs> Welcome. Why is it called tangents? Because it's a podcast, and podcasts are nothing but tangents. Uh, and segues and people pointing out segues we have a group text obviously that we send back and forth and one of my favorite things I found like a couple weeks ago was a, uh, an image from someone's a Twitter account says, a group of white people found in the wild is called a podcast which I thought was funny as fuck Yes, yes. Um, so then we will plow on if no one else has anything else to add you can, if you haven't read this book this is your opportunity to uh, sit down and read it and we have four yay votes on it so for people who say yeah go ahead you can go and do that thing that we say yes. you should do which is to read this book and then uh, if you haven't 
gotten ready yet, you can press pause in this little break, and we will hang out in the internet ether. There's actually a cafe we found. It's not so bad. We go and we hang out and we sit down until you press play again. Then we come back to your uh, iPod or phone or headphones in general, and then we will uh, continue talking and spoil the living shit out of this book. So if you don't want us to take a coffee break and go to the little cafe in the middle of the internet, then you know you can just keep plowing through, and we won't take a coffee break. We will stay here and we will work for you. I haven't had a lot of sleep, and I've had a lot of caffeine today, and I'm a little bit weird. <laughs> You're going to have to learn to deal with it. Uh, we're going to go into our little break, and we will see you on the flip side. If you have yet to read this week's book, and would like to read it now, press pause. Go ahead. We'll wait. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you didn't read it, why are you still listening to us? But okay, fine, we'll spoil it for you, unless mm-hmm. I'm assuming you've, you've read it in the past. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I've read this. That's fine. I got this. I got this. Speaking of someone who's always got this, we have our lovely lightning round done by our lovely Q. Q, are you ready for the lightning round? Yeah, sure. I'm going to just plow through this. That's what she said. Just like Prince Charming. Lightning round begins now. So, go. So, we open up. We're in New York City. Jack of... Jack and the Beanstalk runs into Big Ruby's office saying that Rose Red, Snow White's sister, is missing. Uh, Snow White is yelling at Beauty and the Beast because they seem to be real smug idiots. <laughs> so Snow White, you come to find out, kind of runs this whole shindig that they've got going in New York City, even though uh, Old King Cole is the official mayor. Uh, her assistant is Boy Blue. Uh, you know, from that little uh, nursery rhyme. Snow White's Prince Charming uh, arrives on the scene, also a smug asshole, uh, completely uh, charming a, a Mundy, Mundy meaning, you know, normal, or muggle, if you will. So Big B Wolf, who is the sheriff, detective, whatever kind of thing of uh, Fable Town, comes to Snow telling her that her sister is missing, they've had a strained relationship. So they get to her apartment, and it is completely covered in blood. No more happily ever afters uh, scrolled in blood on the wall. Just kind of a big ass mess. So then Big B accuses Jack of doing it. He also lets one of the three little pigs sleep on his couch, which is kind of awesome. Snow pretty much tells him that she's in, in on the case too. Uh, we meet Cinderella and Bluebeard, who are fencing together. Prince Charming is a dick. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so they interrogate Jack pretty much. Jack broke up with Rose Red. Uh, she started dating Bluebeard. He thinks that Jack didn't do it, but he's going to keep him in prison. Sounds good. Moving on, they go see Bluebeard. You find that that Bluebeard was actually engaged to Rose Red through a contract. Like, he's a shady motherfucker. Also, you kind of find out that uh, the fables have all given an amnesty for past crimes. So people like Bluebeard and the Big Bad Wolf are forgiven for past crimes. Little Boy Blue, and I'm assuming this flycatcher guy is the prince from um, Prince of the Frog. Yeah, that's correct. Again, he wasn't 100% explained, but... But, you know, whatever. Use your imagination, kids. Or look it up on the internet. So then Old King Cole pretty much tells Snow White that, you know, they need to wrap this case up because, you know, they've got their big gala coming up. Uh, That's when people like to give their money. And, uh, you know, they need to make sure that they are fiscally responsible in Fable Town. Bigby has uh, Flycatcher and Boy Blue recreate the scene and count how much blood that they needed to use to redo it. Bluebeard then is torturing uh, Jack, which uh, Bigby interrupts. Uh, the Vorpal Blade is there. Again, the literal line is... Uh, <laughs> that would have been enough. This is the Vorpal Blade of Jabberwocky face. Jabberwocky is also in bold. In bold. In case, in case you needed to know. 
anyway. So Bigby tells Snow White that he needs her to uh, take him to the gala. They're all there. Uh, so the gala is this big Remembrance Day thing where they talk about uh, the old homeland and how they all um, moved uh, to to the new world. You meet Pinocchio, who does want to get laid because he's trapped as a little boy forever. Bigby tells them that they can all go to the party. Uh, Snow White and Bigby try to dance, and so then they try to go sneak the food, and he's like, ah, you've solved it for me. So then the big parlor scene happens, and it is revealed that Rose Red is not dead. She faked her death with the help of Jack to get out of the contract with Bluebeard. So also this whole thing is that the prince, is, uh, Prince Charming is trying to sell his title to make money because he's, I don't know, because he's a fucking idiot. Again, nobody lives happily ever after. Uh, Snow and Bigby pretty much wrap up everything, so no one is happy, no one gets anything. Everything is kind of just back to status quo. Bigby tries to hit on Snow White and she's like, absolutely not, which is totally a moonlighting moment. Like, you know, that they're totally gonna, <laughs> gonna get together. So that's this. That's, that's the official end of the book. Um, but then there's a, my favorite part of this entire book is the just uh, written uh, story of the Big Bad Wolf about when the adversary first started attacking, how he first met Snow White, and then how he came to be in the employ of Fable Town. And then there's um, two previews in my collection, actually, excuse me, three previews at the end of my collection. I don't know if these are in your guys's. But the first one is um, kind of a little preview of, I guess, Peter and Max talking about uh, the Pied Piper, some raven who I don't know, and Little Bo Peep who are all assassins, which is kind of fucking rad. So then it has a little preview of uh, Volume 2 of Fables, which is Animal Farm, where something's going down on the farm where all of the non-human fables live who feel like they're prisoners. And then the last one is... Uh, a book called The Fairest, which kind of tells stories of the fairest of them all, meaning all the princess characters. Um, and then that's the end. Yay! Hooray, we solved. Yes, but basically this first book is a detective story. Yeah, it, it's like it's like film noir. It's it's very it's very much yeah. the time Vital comes yeah. in and very much follows the the formula like you'll see with a Humphrey Bogart, Casablanca, Maltese Falcon type thing. Yeah. Um, my cocktail, as Adam kind of said earlier, I said the happily never after, uh, because really in the story you find out that no one really quite got the life they wanted. And then added on top of that, um, then the adversary, which by the way, drink, because I mentioned him, <laughs> um, uh, kind of came in and fucked everybody up real bad. If he didn't kill them, uh, they were put into slavery and then killed, or when, uh, you know, they they finally escaped. Um, so my drink is one and a half ounces of gin, one and a half ounces of fresh pressed or bottled green juice, one ounce of green chartreuse, uh, a half ounce of lime juice, and seven upper Sprite. Um, just kind of put it all together, shake it up, go for it. But yeah, it's supposed to be like kind of like a magic potion. It's kind of good for you, but also kind of bad because it's that green juice that you know, like, like naked whatever it is. You know, right. it's like the healthy yeah. juice. Yeah. yeah, so it's all healthy, but also it's got booze. Yay, booze. My cocktail's not nearly as healthy. Mine's spicy. Mine's spicy. Oh, see, see uh -huh. I have a non-spicy one. So mine is the Snow White cocktail. 
because of course Snow White is in this and there is so much fun to be had whenever the seven dwarves are mentioned and uh, she looks like she's about ready to kill everybody. Makes you wonder what happened to those seven dwarves. I think they tell you later. Anyway, so it is three ounces of Southern Comfort, one ounce of vodka, uh, one ounce of pineapple juice, a half ounce of orange juice, and you shake it up and you strain an orange fashion, old fashioned, wow, orange fashion, old fashioned glass. Like I said, haven't slept, had caffeine, gonna be weird. So yeah, so there's my Snow White cocktail. Well, since I guess we're doing cocktails, Adam or Todd, do you wanna jump in with yours? Uh, yeah, I'll do mine. So mine is the Big Bad Wolf. Uh, mm -hmm. And you take uh, three slices of fresh jalapeno, you add in, into a, uh, a mixer, you add one ounce of simple syrup, you muddle it all together, and then you add three ounces of a silver tequila, one ounce of orange juice, one ounce of lime juice, you shake the shit out of it, and then you strain it over a uh, over a highball glass with ice cubes, and then you garnish with a slice of jalapeno. So it's spicy and delicious. And then you'll be able to blow the winds and uh, knock houses down, and it will be, uh, it'll be exactly. fun for you. Exactly. That's, that's where it comes from. From either so. end. <laughs> no, that's, 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 that's if it was Thai food. Well, mine is the um, the bloody Rose Red. It goes into the book that Rose Red is a party girl, and a lot of her life is being spent partying and making things distractive for others but it's a play on the original bloody mary but because she's a party girl we're going to use tequila instead of vodka Hooray. so it's a half ounce of tequila with a half cup of tomato juice a tablespoon fresh lime juice um, some celery salt and Worcester salt with tabasco to taste you shake the shit out of that and you um, pour it into a collins glass and you garnish it with a celery rib or a lime wedge it's a bloody rose red nice very yeah. nice so this book the reason that i'm kind of <laughs> like uh, about it and it's really not the book's fault is that it's kind of like yeah I get it they're they're fables <laughs> like like you know what I mean like that, that's kind of a thing that it, like it's totally a trope now um, you and, know, there's yeah. lots of different versions of that and again it's not necessarily this book's fault it's just to me it doesn't feel that original um I will give it props for it, for it being um, pretty well written as a as a mystery um, as a thing, but but then I'm just like, okay, so if this first arc is is a mystery, is it gonna be like, and here's the next mystery for the next seven issues, or like you know what I mean? Like I, I don't know, I I just feel like whatever was really good about this book, I'm not quite sure how they're going to continue to do this hard boiled story, you know. Forever. Yeah, Although well, okay. apparently there's like 25 fucking volumes of this, so apparently there, there are 23, something. and I have read almost all. I'm on volume 20. I haven't finished it yet because I just, I like the, the later books get really thick, and they get it's, mm -hmm. um, it's very soap opery drama kind of related. I will say the thing about the fables issue with this book now is that mm -hmm. now that those TV shows and stuff like that have been out, it does feel like a trope. This was when it first came out. I had not seen anything like that. It was seemed like a very unique and original idea. But with the fact that those are all, um, you know, copyright-free characters, suddenly you see them fucking everywhere. Um, yeah. It was a, a unique storyline when I first started reading it. Um, and then by the time all those other... T and I kind of always had hoped that they would make a TV show of this book. But of course, because they don't necessarily need to use this storyline other than to use this storyline, I, I think they just sort of thought, saw their opportunity to make their own thing and not have to pay anybody because that's, you know, you don't have to... If you don't want to spend any money, you don't have to. 
Uh, and I think the other thing is that no, the whole thing doesn't become a hard-boiled detective thing. Eventually, it becomes very much a, a stories about like families and relationships and uh, the politics of. Uh, I mean, they, they they go to war a few times and they you know have to protect their each other and it's alliances being dealt. It does eventually get to a point where it does feel like a little bit of a, a soap opera in a good way, I guess. Like I. In, in the good way, meaning that, like I kind of understand how my mom could get stuck in sucked into some things because like if you were to jump into book twenty, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff there. You're like I I don't know why I would care about these characters or why this would happen. And it's if you've read all the books up leading up to it, that would be the case. Um, and then also cue the the, the fa- fairest in like preview you have in the back of your book. That's sort of the the next writer taking on the storyline after the fables line had been done by um, Bill Willingham, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. Um, once he finished up his there, but like I, I, I get where it feels like a trope by this point in time. But like, unfortunately, I mean, and and, and that's as a reader who's just coming to it now, that's going to be what, how you're going to feel, and that completely makes sense. It's a little unfortunate for this book because I think this book is solid and fun, but that is going to haunt it a little bit because it, and, you know and, other things have done and it. So, so my other thing is my favorite part of the book was actually just the prose at the end. Um, uh-huh. Again, I, I don't know if you know you guys all had that too in your collections, or if you know you yeah. guys had mm-hmm. older ones or whatever. But that to me is much more interesting. Like the actually, okay. um, you know, the adversary attacking them, how they all kind of, um, you know, got got out of it. Like that to me is a much more interesting. So like this little ruse that Rose Red does, bum 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 bum. Nobody cares. Like I kind yeah. of don't care and the fact that it was wasn't until the end where to me you actually get into like the like the the grit of it if if i if i would have started reading this book with issue one i would have been like uh, okay but but how did they get here and why are they here mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um you know what you know why why is you know why is bigby wolf you know the, so Though, though I get the sort of, you know, we need to start in the middle to sort of introduce the character so that way it doesn't feel like a huge origin story. I feel like, you know, not that I need to know everybody's, you know, last, uh, you know, minute, you know, every little thing about them. But to me, I'm just like, it's much more interesting. I feel like that part of it is much more interesting than this thing where Rose Red, uh, you know, fakes her own death. It's re- it's really not that interesting so, to me. Hey, uh, uh, let me take that back. I feel like using the fable characters in this way, when you can do this with anyone, kind of thing. Like, what makes this fable? You you know what I mean? Like, I can literally do this exact same story, but replace it with the X Men. I could literally do this story, but you know, replace it with soap opera characters because it like it doesn't necessarily need to be the fables, whereas the actual story of how they got out of the homelands, it has to be those characters, because that's the more interesting part. Right, but you, you have to keep in mind, too, that when when you're trying to introduce a new IP and trying to get people involved, you've got to kind of give them something they can that's familiar to them. So, yes, we know who the Big Bad Wolf is, we know who Snow White is, and there's this new world, and they're here in our world, and they're part of New York, and they're you know trying to fit in. Um, there's a huge part of the beginning that uh, Beast is turning back into Beast because Belle's not showing him attention, and they can't afford a glamour because, which uh, glamour is a spell just for the Mundies who haven't <laughs> read this before, <laughs> uh, to fit in because he's working minimum wage at a store, and, and she is too, and, and so 
you're taking these people who are it's, it's the ultimate fish out of water type thing, and so I don't know. For, for me, what works so well is because again, maybe I just love film noir so much, and I love hard-boiled detective stories. I mean, Sue Grafton does the you know the A is for alibi, B is for whatever books. Uh, she is an amazing art writer and does like great detective novels, which I love. So the moment I started this, I fell in love. And the interesting thing was, is like I, I do read most of these books on my iPad. And normally, like you know, as I'm flipping through pages, every so often I'll tap because if I tap on the screen, it'll pop up say, "Oh, you're on page 30 of, you know, 100 and whatever." <laughs> I finished the book without even tapping once. I didn't even didn't know where I was. Like I just got to the end and I was like, "Oh my god, it's over!" Like it just <laughs> grabbed me and sucked me in, and it just it was so amazing and so fun. But I, I think the way the reason why they chose to go the route they did was because the backstory of the adversary and how they got there and everything else, that's going to be explained down the road. And obviously, I, I'm, I'm, you get little snippets of what happened and how it's going to play out. But, dude, everyone loves a whodunit. You know, it, it's, we're, it's human nature to try to figure things out. And what I do love is when, Ro- at the very, very end, when it unmasked that Rose Red faked her death, uh, they go back and they kind of show panels again of what happened. And if you were paying attention the whole time, you could have figured it out. And I love, I love when books and movies and stories do that because, you know, if you actually, you know, because you're flipping by, you're like, oh my god, this is cool, or this is fun, or this is interesting. But if you paid attention to the details, you could have been your own Sherlock Holmes and figured it out. And I hate when things think they're smarter than we are, but I love when they're like, hey, guys, it was there the whole time. You could have seen it. You just, you didn't notice because you were having fun. And that's why I love, like, like well, the Sherlock Holmes, for instance. I'm a huge Sherlock Holmes fan, and I love that. Uh... So yeah, I think this just works so perfectly, and it's kind of funny. And we're going back like five, ten minutes ago. Uh, you mentioned mm-hmm. the fact that uh, this would have seemed more fresh had it not been for like you know Once Upon a Time and all the retelling of classic fairy tales we're seeing now in movies and TV. Uh, I kind of feel the same way. There's a movie coming up uh, called Valerian, uh, the City of a Thousand Planets. It's by mm-hmm. Luke Besson, the guy who did uh, Fifth Element, which is one of my favorite all-time sci-fi movies ever. And it's based on a French comic from, like, the 70s. And he's been trying to make this movie for since before The Fifth Element. And my big worry with that, just as it kind of is, like you mentioned with Fables, as far as, oh, we've seen this before. Um, so Valerian and, like, Ghost in the Shell, the manga, are the basis of pretty much all sci-fi we've had for the last 40 years. Mm-hmm. Every single movie, comic, TV series has been influenced by those two things and so my worry just as a fan also as a film critic is that when this comes out it's gonna be like oh well this is derivative we've seen this before i'm like yes because it fucking inspired it and i think that's kind of what fables did because fables was the first one to kind of bring that up and be like hey let's have the big bad wolf and snow white join forces to go find this killer and now we've got it in once upon a time and enchanted and everything else and it's kind of become cliche now but at the same time, when this book came out, it wasn't. It was fresh. It was new. And I think it's kind of hard to divorce yourself from what you know now to put yourself in the mindset of where this book was when it came out and why it was cool and why it was fun. Uh, anyways, I'm done rambling. That was it. <laughs> um, well, I think the other thing that that the fables part of it, because like, Q had mentioned, uh, I feel like, and I don't want this to be a pick on Q's opinion on thing. I'm just thinking from what Q said, one of the things I think for me that works um, is, is Q, you'd mentioned that um, you kind of had uh, some issues with why these particular characters, which it doesn't, isn't really kind of covered till the end. Um, I think one of the things that works 
in the long run for this book, and I know that I'm probably unfairly judging this book based on the overall story because I've been reading this for a very long time. But one thing I think Fables does really well in the long run is, is it uses familiar characters and character traits and twists them on their side a little bit or takes the happy story that you know and says, okay, this is really what was going on or this is what these people's character personalities really are like. It's like, okay, so you think of you know Prince Charming, for example, where in all the stories you've read and whatnot, he's I this, don't mean you know, real... but I also saw Into the Woods in 1989. So... Valid point. Valid point. <laughs> <laughs> My, my drinking rule was going to be the end of the woods rule, but then I was like, yeah, that movie was a piece of shit, so. <laughs> well, yeah, the movie's a piece of shit. Yeah, but I mean, there, there is a good filming of the Broadway show that's available for those of you who are wanting to see it. Yeah. And it's five hours long, so. <laughs> That's true. But, like, I mean, it's, I guess part of my point is that, like, and, and I think it's the same thing with Into the Woods as well, is that you, you have a shorthand with these characters, and that's a good way of jumping into it. It's like, you kind of already know who you think Snow White is, and now you're kind of giving her a slightly different trait and making her, you know, more stronger, independent woman, and then you're kind of moving forward from there. So I think it, it kind of adds a little bit of character depth, having them be uh, former Fable characters, fable land characters, fairy tale characters, I guess I should say. Uh, Todd, what is your thoughts on this book? I will say, um, this was one of the comic books along with Hush or whatever I started reading and it really sucked me into comics again. So I have a very near and dear place in my heart for this. And reading this again, I can see everything what I loved about it. And it is, it did, this one did just come out in 2002 and not 1989 like Into the Woods. But it is being picked up and the torches being ran with it and it's a great film noir and if we're just looking at this book in and of itself it did such a great job that I just wanted more and then they were able to keep building off of that in that regard so I did like um, Adam's thing it's like I didn't even check to see where we're at it was just like oh then it's done where's more and I think that does that very well and you've got all these different characters thrust together or you turn them on the edge I love the one sequence where the pig is spending the night in Bigby's room and Bigby's like you need to stop doing this knock it off he's like well it just proves to everyone you're a changed person because i could just like crash here and take advantage of you and he's like knock it off we need to stop doing this and you've got these characters that are who they are from the stories but at the same time there's being added layers of depth to them that may not have been so much in the shorter origin tales per se so but no i absolutely love this book all the main characters are great and the more you read the more i love it i think there's 40 trades in total of this world of fables, and I, I have them all. It's great. Well, cool. Um, does anybody else have any final thoughts or things they want to discuss before we go into grades? Um, I would just say it's if if you are a fan, like, like I mentioned before, if you, mm-hmm. you know, this is a great book again. Like that's a great intro to comics. Like Todd, you said this is what got you back in, mm-hmm. and we've talked about before with you know this whole month as far as catching up on comics that we should have read but hadn't and this actually is one and my recommendation at the end will will tie into this actually very neatly which is kind of fun uh this is another one that's a great place to start because it's interesting it's funny it's with characters we know but as as q said with into the woods it's what happened after the happily ever after and the best part of into the woods is the second act where everything goes to shit and that's what's happened like this is People, you know, it's these characters we know and love and have grown up with, now stuck in New York, trying to eke out a life, you know, making minimum wage job at a shoe shop or something. You know, we, we did uh, we we did with the uh, oh, which one was it? The Cinder was the Cinderella the mm-hmm. yeah last month. Yeah, so it's again, it takes everything you know and turns on its ear, 
But again, this, this isn't deep. You're not going to come out and be like, oh my god, like this changed my life. I mean, like next, you know, the next issue we're doing, which is for LGBT Pride Month, uh, mm-hmm. it kind of changed my life. It changed a lot of things about how I think and how I feel. Uh, this isn't one of those. This is just fun. It's again, it goes back to like the hard-boiled gumshoe detective, you know, movies we grew up with. But also, if you want to learn how to love comics, this is a great because it doesn't take a huge investment. You can step in, you can have fun, you can enjoy yourself for an hour or so, and then you do want to know more. And the art style is interesting, it's fun. They do cool things, like there's, there's a couple times where Bigby's walking around and he's in his human form, but his shadow is the wolf. And so it's fun. It's, it's I don't know, it's, it, it's kind of popcorn reading. But I had a good time, and like I said, this is like the first book, even books I've enjoyed, like even Wicked and Divine, I still tap the screen to see where I was. To, to get to the end, I'm like, oh shit, it's over. I, I, I want to go read more. I didn't because I had to do more prep for next week, but uh, no, it's, just, it, it's a lot of fun, and I love the characters, and I love the second act of Into the Woods, and I want to see where it goes next, so... <laughs> Jamie, school is never a waste of time. Since we have 15 minutes until recess, please put down your pencils and stare at the front of the room. It's report card time. It's report card time. It's report card time. I'm so fucking fun. God, please, no! 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 Well, cool. Well, Adam, since you're on the roll, uh, what's your grade? So I would, you know, again, my I always look at the gold standard of what we done was Wicked and Divine, and Wicked and Divine for me is an A plus. So I've yet to read a book that I've loved as much as that one. So I always compare when I jump into a book. I'm like, oh my god, this is so fucking cool. I love this. I can't wait to read more. My question is, did I immediately go out and buy the next trade? My answer was no. I did not. Uh, Wicked and Divine, I bought all four trades the moment I read the first one because I had to. So this, I'm giving a very solid A. Uh, it's not quite the A+, plus because I do want to go read more. I have to read more. I love it. But I, if it wasn't A+, plus, I actually probably would have read about four more trades by now, but I didn't. So go check it out. It's amazing. It's fun. It's interesting. If you love hardcore film noir, you're going to be a fan. Uh, it's not going to change your life, but it's definitely something you can sit down and spend an evening, afternoon, spring break, summer vacation. <laughs> I need a break from work. Fuck it. Uh, <laughs> kind of thing. So please go buy this. It's a great book. Todd, what's your grade? Um, I'm similar with Adam here. I'm going to give it a solid A. Um, maybe not quite A+, plus is because is there things better than this out there? There is, but there's not a lot. The other thing I will want to see talking about this, though, it is... Um, this fables is on the vertigo imprint of dc um so it is designed for mature readers and not so much as a cautionary but it does allow it to explore i guess some things that are open and it's not afraid to go there in that regard so there is some fable fucking but it's you know like adult themes and stuff comes into play as well and which i think is really good but once again it's a solid a i did indeed buy all of these up and this is probably the one I really started collecting first, and I've got them all. So I Pokemon this bitch. So yeah. Speaking of Pokemon and this bitch, Q, what is your grade? Ugh, Pokemon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so in the in the plus sides of this book, 
before I like give final grade. I thought the art was really nice. I the art was good. Um, I did like at the end, which you know this is part of the trade paperback, not exactly like the comic book issue. So I'm like a little bit grading on a scale here, but like the actual story of uh, the Big Bad Wolf and his sort of fight against the adversary and meeting Snow White. Um, I found that to be interesting, so I wanted to read more about that. But, like, if I have to slog through a bunch of other stuff, like this book, to get to that, I kind of just, like, I'll just read Wikipedia. So, I am gonna give it a C+. Um, I, again, it, it was... It was fine, but like as a, for me, the book was okay. Like I didn't, I wasn't like all wrapped up in the mystery of what happened to Rose Red. I kind of didn't give a shit um, because I, even though I know that Rose Red is a person in the Snow White story, no one else really does. So I'm kind of like, why does anyone give a shit? <laughs> She's not that popular. Um, and that was another thing, like, we, in the Cinderella book, we found out that, like, they can't die because, you know, they, you know, they their, their fables keep them alive. So I was like, well, wait, then how did Rose Red die if that's a thing where, you know, the, Cinderella wasn't worried about getting shot or whatever? Like, I was just kind of, meh. It, it, like, if I have to read through a whole bunch of this stuff to get to, like, what I'm actually interested in about this book, I kind of don't care. I'm actually kind of in the middle, like, and it's weird because I have read almost this entire series. I've read quite a bit of the series that I've been reading for a long time, and I really do enjoy the entire series. But it sometimes, and I, I think, I think Q, you're probably wise not to continue reading because I, even though I love this series, sometimes it feels like a chore because there's like a lot fucking to it to keep reading. Um, so I'm gonna go with like a solid B plus. Um, like I do think it's really good. I think this book on its own, I think is is a good starting point, but I don't think it's necessarily in, indicative of the entire series. And I do love the entire series as a whole. I think there are amazing moments. I think the the battle with the adversary when it comes back um, is great. Um, uh, there, There's a bunch of stuff. I do have to say, though, just to play devil's advocate, they do a crossover. Jack in this book eventually gets his own offshoot book uh, called Jack of Fables, and then they do like a big crossover episode or issue. The crossover was like it was a non-event to me. Uh, if you read that far into it, so like everything Marvel does, <laughs> it's actually yeah. probably a little better than a Marvel crossover. But it was kind of like it was building up this crossover. It's the only reason I I went and read all the Jack of Fables, and like. I'm actually kind of thankful for it because I did like the Jack of Fable stuff. I actually thought it was pretty interesting. Mm. But like, I read all the Jack of Fable stuff to read this crossover, and then I read the crossover, and I was like, well, that was kind of unnecessary, but whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so a, a B plus. Like, and I, I would say that's probably my grade for this book as well as for the entire series. Um, I think I'm probably including that into it. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, and I'm going to jump in with my recommendation. And this is kind of directed at Q a little bit because I know, Q, since you kind of enjoyed the, the story element at the end of this book, uh, the Peter and Max um, novel. Uh, that's right, Q. Or is that right, Todd? Because you gave it to me for Christmas. Remember, that's right name, yeah. correct? Yes, yeah. Peter and Max. Uh, is, yeah. is that the story that was like the with uh, Pied Piper and... Yes. Uh, yes. Because that yeah. seemed interesting. 
That is actually its own full novel. It is. It, I think it has some illustrations in it, but it's actually a novel. It's not a comic book. Right. Um, so that might be something um, that is in this world. It kind of sits on its own. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of inter, like, interjects in it as, a little bit as well. But I think that's something that um, you actually might enjoy based on your take on this book. I think that's something that might actually be kind of cool for you that you would, you would appreciate if you were so inclined to read it uh adam do you have a recommendation i actually have two which is kind of weird because i normally don't what? have recommendations <laughs> so my first one is very very obvious uh i talked about a couple weeks ago the telltale games did guardians of the galaxy well my first experience with the fables universe was they did a, a telltale game five episode series called the wolf among us about mm-hmm the fables universe and you play as big b the the big bad wolf you're the sheriff and someone's going around and killing fables and so you're trying to figure out what's happening and if you've played a telltale game before the cool thing is everything you do in the game changes the game so if you are nice to someone or you're mean to someone or if you lie and then forget you lied it changes what happens down the road so uh it's really cool the animation is very like cell shaded so it looks like a comic book you're actually living that out and the first episode you end up with a, a death of a really main character and you now have to go figure out what happened so it's a ton of fun if it's really well acted and that was it was cool for me to go and finally read you know the first trade of the fables story because i was already familiar and intimate with all these characters because of that game so I'm sure it's on sale. It's like, you know, I think they're like five bucks an episode. There's five episodes. I'm sure you could probably pick it up for like 20 bucks. I think it's on blue uh, on disc for your Xbox or your PlayStation. Um, so that's really good. And then the other one, uh, which is solely comic based, is uh, the Steve Rogers Captain America slash Secret Empire run that's been going on with, uh, with Marvel. So it, it's got a lot of heat because in this new thing, we find out, and this isn't a spoiler, I mean, you, you all saw it online, is that Captain America has been an agent of HYDRA from the beginning. Uh, and of course, there's comic book reasoning why it happened. And Secret Empire starts out where, uh, it's kind of fun because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the TV show, has done this whole thing where they're in this you know virtual reality thing where HYDRA takes over the world. Well, in the comics, that's what happened. And Cap is now the head of HYDRA, and he's pretty much taken over the country. I mean, he... In the free comic book day issue, he lifts Mjolnir over his head. Like, he's worthy to hold Mjolnir, even though he's an agent of Hydra. And it's been getting a lot of shit because people are pissed because, oh, well, Cap, everything he stands for is against this. First of all, people, calm the fuck down. It's a comic. You know it's all going to work out. You know, you've read comics. You know how this works. Like, Doc Ock was Spider-Man for a year. Fuck. Um, (laughs) But the writing is spectacular. It's an amazing story. And, you know, for people who know me... As a recovering Christian, uh, Captain America is my moral compass. <laughs> so to see him, like the first half of the issue, I read that, I'm like, what? He's fucking Hydra? Like, destroyed me. But it's interesting because we know it's all going to work out. But also, he's still Captain America. He still has ideals he holds true to. And that's why he's still worthy to lift Mjolnir. And it's a great series. It's fantastic. I tore through every single episode, issue I could don't listen to the people out there and it's funny because people out there actually were going to go buy and get the free comic book day issue so they could burn them i'm like uh you do realize the nazis were the ones who burn books right you're kind of like (laughs) you're kind of doing the thing you're pissed off about uh but no it's fantastic please go read them they're amazing i issue two comes out well at the time of this it came out two weeks ago 
I, I'm all in. It's so cool. It's some of the best things Marvel's done in years. So please go check it out. Cool. Uh, Q, do you have any recommendations? Um, yeah, so I'm sort of tied into things going on with this book and just in my life in general. So, um, since we're doing Shakespeare, you know, we talk about all the Shakespeare characters and all of our Shakespeare stuff backstage, and it reminded me of Gargoyles, which is so awesome. Yay! One of the best <laughs> shows ever. So, I, like, literally, we were, after the show one night, we were at the bar, talking about Gargoyles, and now we need to get together and watch it, and I was like, well, we can now, because I'm ordering it on my phone, as we speak. Um, <laughs> so it's come in. And I've watched, I think, like the first four episodes so far. I complain a little bit about the DVD because the way the DVD is set up is that it still plays the preview, the title sequence, and then the next time on, and then the credits again after every episode. And, and but, but every, you know, how usually on DVDs a commercial break is like one chapter, mm-hmm. uh, so you can like skip. Through. No, the entire episode is a whole chapter. So if you like try to like skip it or fast forward, it goes to like the next episode. So anyway, like that's a DVD complaint. But the show itself, so far, and again, the the show came out in like 1994. It's held up pretty well. Like it's actually still entertaining as a 30 almost. Oh, oh god, no, I did just turn 35. A 35 year old man. Um, <laughs> so my favorite part is, of course, when they get later into the series and it gets a little bit more uh, magical and like all the you find out that all the Shakespeare characters are um, real life magic spirits, which is kind of cool. Um, but uh, so I'm really looking forward to getting into that. But um, I am totally loving all. I, I think a lot of my recommendations have been cartoons that I watched as a kid that have actually kind of held up. So yay for another one. Uh, do you have a recommendation? No, I don't have one this week. You don't? Nope. Okay. Shame. Well, then, fine. Shame. Shame. Well, cool. Then um, next week, we are beginning our month of Pride Comics. We have gone through and found, uh, hopefully, good books to celebrate Pride Month. Um, and we are starting out with a, uh, a collection that was uh, done as a fundraiser slash in support of uh, the survivors of the and their families of uh, and the families of the victims of the Pulse Orlando shooting. Uh, it's called Love is Love, and it uh, brings together some of the biggest names in comic book history, uh, current comic books. Uh, uh, so we will be covering that next week. Um, does anybody else have anything they want to say as a preview for that? Um, nope, I'm going to cry. So I'm going to say this without spoiling anything about it. I think uh-huh. it's best to not read this all in one sitting. No, uh, no, because you, you will destroy yourself. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's a difficult thing to read in one sitting. I would say, you know, I broke it up to about three or four little... I would read a little bit here, and I would read a little bit there. And I think that is the only way to do it. I think I read it over the course of three days. I think it is great, um, and I think it is worth reading. Um, but I think that, yeah, it's not something you want to just sit yeah, down and plow through. It is the... I can unequivocally say it's the most beautiful thing I've ever read. And next episode, we'll dive into why I say that. Um, not just because my being part of the LGBT community with what happened in Pulse Orlando affected me so much. Uh, but it's it's just an amazing fucking book. And yeah, I'm going to cry again. So I'm going to stop right now because <laughs> okay. that's for next episode. <laughs> cool. Uh, so yeah, so next week we start our um, our Pride books. We're also... Uh, mm-hmm. see, I can 
I can probably give you the schedule if I can pull it up on my phone real quickly. Yay, editing that makes me not sound like quite the moron that I am. Hooray, you're not a moron. hooray. I'm doing it wrong. No, it's like you're not a my... moron. <laughs> oh, uh, I think it was like, you're doing it wrong. I'm like, I should edit the podcast to make it sound dumber. <laughs> I can do that. I can totally do that. Uh, okay. So, yeah, so for Pride Month, our, ep- our episode 60, holy shit, episode 60, Love is Love, comes out, uh, will be on the 5th, and then we're doing Batwoman Elegy on the 12th, and then we're doing Midnighter Volume 1 on the 19th, and then we're doing The Pride, an indie comic from England, uh, about a, like, basically the Justice League of Gay Superheroes, uh, will be on the 26th, so that will be our Pride Month, uh, and uh, hopefully you can join us for that next week, Love is Love. Um, and until then, if no one else has anything to say, I think we're good. Nope. Okay. Uh-huh. Thanks for listening. Have a great episode. And Andy, congratulations on your new sign off. Okay, bye. Yay! Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater. And on Twitter as at FirewaterCast. Go to FunnyBooksAndFirewater.com for the most up-to-date information. As well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop. Tip your bartender well. And stay hydrated.